you have your Bibles for just a little while this morning, I'm going to take you to the book of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. I do say to all of you, thank you for your faithfulness and your giving. I do know this, that we would not have made it if you had not been faithful in your support of this church during this very trying time. I thank you for every offering, everything that you've done, every labor. It has been, uh, it has not gone unnoticed. Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to read one verse, verse 22. Most of you probably have heard somebody preach from this subject before, but you're going to hear another one today. And this is what it says. All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. Everybody say all the saints. All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. I don't know exactly how to title this, and I hope that you will, will, will not take offense if I use the word household, because I'm not talking about your home, I'm talking about an environment But my subject this morning is household or heart hold. What makes the difference? In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated. The throne of the Caesars was at this time occupied by a man by the name of Nero. Nero, if you read anything in history, you will find was a very wicked and vile man. He was unrestrained. He was immoral. He was ungodly. Certainly, if there was an atmosphere that was uncongenial to Christianity, it would certainly have been in Caesar's household. There are many things that are attributed to Nero. Nero uh, is uh, said to have blamed a night of debauchery, his own doings, a night of revelry that got out of hand and caught Jerusalem on fire and a large portion of the city burned. He blamed the Christians for that. And out of that came great persecution. But beyond that, there was just the blood tyranny under which he reigned. Uh, He married those that were next of kin and slew anybody that stood in his way. He put people to death at a whim. And certainly he was a man of evil desires. And the Bible says that in that atmosphere, in that ungodly, unclean, debauched atmosphere, saints survived and lived. These saints illustrate something powerful about the sovereignty of divine grace. 
that out of these circumstances there should rise a witness for the gospel, that even in the most vile of settings you can still live for God if you have a heart hold, not just a household. Some people put their stock in where they live and what they own, what they can buy and what they can possess. And they think that happiness can be purchased. It can be ordered online. It can be found at Amazon.com or one of the local distributors. It can be found in a night of partying and fun. And so they lay their hold upon things that are tangible thinking that that's where their happiness and joy and security will be found. When the truth is, the household is not as important as the heart hold. Because a heart hold can keep you even in a bad household. It must have required great courage to be a Christian in such an environment. What a place to showcase God's amazing grace. And yet the grace that called them was able to sustain them. I think the question that needs to be considered this morning, in, and it gets down to the real nitty-gritty of life, is this. Does my environment decide my destiny? As you well know, life is not fair. Life is not equitable. There are some who are born to privilege while others are born into poverty. Some start with every favorable thing imaginable and every help that they would want. Inspiration surrounds them and others have to come up on the rough side of the mountain. And they fight their way through all kinds of troubles and handicaps and heartaches and inequalities. There are some who have good homes and good families. And there are others that have had to survive abuse and many other things that we don't want to go into today. There are some who have good children and there are some who have children that are wayward. And we look at ourselves and see ourselves as failures because of the waywardness of our children. There are some good marriages and there are others that just have trouble. But they're still good marriages. Are we a plaything of fate? Are we just a victim of our circumstances and must character and destiny be determined and shaped by my surroundings? Or is there something more important that I must consider in the environment in which I live? Certainly, our text this morning would disagree with anyone that would say that you are a victim of your environment. Because these were they who came out of great tribulation. And they had washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. These are those that in spite of all of the evil and the vileness in which they were surrounded, they found a way to live for God and serve the Lord. Some of us are here this morning as a, as a matter of fact because we have had to fight our way through unlikely and unworthy circumstances. 
character is not determined by my surroundings, but it is determined by what is within me. Certainly, I understand this morning that a child that is raised in a home where drugs are used is much more susceptible to such things. And I understand that a person who is raised in a household where alcohol is used is much more susceptible to that. And I understand that even those who grow up in a household where there is verbal abuse can grow up to become just like that. But I have come to serve notice on you this morning that no matter what your circumstances are, God is not going to judge you according to your surroundings. He's going to judge you according to what is in your heart. Not what your household is, but what your heart whole is. The question sometimes that has to be answered is, am I captive? Am I a victim? Am I at, at a loss to exercise my choice? Am I a victim of birth or am I a victim of relationship? And is my environment a curse or a cure? I cannot serve God if I cannot serve God in my present situation. Could I serve Him if my circumstances were different? I would tell you right now that if you can't serve Him now, you won't serve Him then or there. You've got to learn how to live for God wherever you are, whatever you're living around, whatever you have to put up with, whatever you have to go through. Somewhere you've got to settle it down deep in your heart that God means more to me than anything else. And as long as God is at the center of my life, it doesn't matter the household as long as I have a good heart hold. Amen. Somebody praise the Lord with me right now, would you? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I understand that our surroundings can push us toward either a heaven or hell. But you hear me this morning. They cannot place you in either one. You decide what it's going to be. We can blame them or bless them. The burden is the individual's. Advantages do not make you. Godly homes and prosperous homes won't make in themselves a better person. It has to start on the inside. You can use them as stepping stones or stumbling blocks. It all depends on what you choose to do. You see, everyone at some point in life has to deal with some kind of household. Everybody in this building has to deal with some kind of household. Maybe it's not the home that you're living in. Maybe it's the job that you're working on or a problem that you're having to deal with in life that you were not prepared to deal with, a loss or an unexpected setback. There are all kind of households that people have to live in. But you hear me. It doesn't matter if it's Caesar's household or hell's household. You can live for God and you can serve. God no matter where you are. Amen. Everyone at some time or other 
has thought that if they would have better circumstances, they would be a better person. Maybe that would be true, but maybe it would not be true. If I were not here, I would be a better person. If I didn't have to work with that jerk, I would be a better person. If I didn't have to put up with these troubles, if I didn't have to deal with these problems, if I didn't have to deal with these, you name it. I'm not going to get any more personal than that, but you can call it whatever you want. If I didn't have to go to this school, Sometimes we feel like if we could just make a little change of location. But the problem is you can change locations, but if you don't change you, you haven't changed one thing. It starts on the inside. It's got to be something that happens down in the center of your being. You see, even in Caesar's household, you can be a saint. You can serve God. You can be one of God's chosen because you've got a heart hole that trumps the household that you live in. Amen. Our text declares that environment is not the deciding influence in life. The greatest power is within me, not without. Not just talking about the strong will, but the determined will. There are some people that may not be strong physically, but they are strong personally because they are determined. Here is what I want you to understand this morning. That more important than what is what, what one is in is what is in one. Does that make sense? More important than what one is in is what is in one. Because whatever is in you can trump what is against you. Whatever is in you can overcome whatever is against you. Whatever is in you can overcome any obstacles that your enemy might place before you. The fact is most of us are in a household of some kind, an imperfect situation, sorrow, unpleasant duties, physical misfortune, financial difficulties. You can name a list a mile long, and all of us are tempted to think that others have an advantage that we don't. But the truth is, everybody in this building is dealing with some kind of household of some kind. It may not be your physical dwelling but it may be a situation that you wish God if you would just deliver me from this I would really serve you and the truth is God could deliver you from that and you wouldn't do any better serving him then than you are right now it's got to start in your heart it's got to get down inside of you you got to make up your mind if I have to live next door to hell I'm still going to serve God if I have to live with the devil I'm still going to serve God. If I have to work with the devil, I'm still going to serve God. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and praise Him right now. Hallelujah! 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 You see, no matter where I am, the sun shines and it calls me and the sky is open to me and the rain descends. We think if we could make it in a better situation, the trouble lies not in my surroundings but in me and what I decide. The secret lies in the heart, not in the heels where they are planted. They can be planted in mire. The Bible said the rush grows out 
of the mire. That's not a very likely place for a, for a beginning. I don't know how many of you enjoy tromping around in the muck and mire, but I've been there a few times in my life, and it's not enjoyable. But out of that stinking, rotting, decaying environment where nothing lives but polywogs and snakes comes a reed that when it is harvested is used for the making of the whitest parchment upon which the king's commands would be written. It doesn't matter where you come up. You can come up in the ghetto or on Wall Street. Whatever your environment might be is not going to determine where you end up in eternity. What's going to wind up in eternity is what is in the heart and what you decide, what you determine right now. I can live surrounded by evil but not be an evil person I can live surrounded by other things that are vile but I don't have to be a vile person I can live for God no matter where I am planted hallelujah amen lift up your head and praise the Lord lift up your hands and serve the Lord Why? Because you have the opportunity right now to defy your environment and serve God in a time when it is not conducive to do so. I have been amazed the little bit of time that I've had to be on the computer in the last few weeks. I have been amazed at the attacks that are being leveled against Christianity right now. They are doing their best to tear down every tenant of faith that we hold dear and make us look like a bunch of uh, crazy people that have gone off the deep end, intolerant, bigoted, narrow-minded. I plead guilty to all of it if that's what it takes to be a Christian. But I made up my mind. I don't care what Wall Street calls it. I don't care what the Houston Chronicle calls it. I don't care what Fox News or CBS or NBC or CNN or CNBC or any other network says. I made up my mind a long time ago. God's been too good to me for me to turn back on Him now. He's brought me too far for me to back up and say it doesn't matter. I'm here to tell you it's time to stand up and be counted and say it doesn't matter what the world says. I've decided to serve the Lord. Amen. God can give you divine power to help you to draw from your surroundings whatever they may be, life-sustaining forces. And God is the same distance from the ghetto as He is to the country club. His grace is sufficient wherever you are. I said His grace is sufficient wherever you are. Amen. You can call on His grace in the middle of a boardroom. You can call on His grace in the middle of a meeting. You can call on His grace in the middle of traffic. You can call on His grace in the middle of a pressure-filled situation. His grace is sufficient wherever you are, and His grace can reach you wherever you are. My life will not be measured by my surroundings, but my faith in God and my heart that is anchored in Him. Amen. You know what this scripture tells me? It tells me that God's Word can keep you wherever you are. 
God's Word can keep you anywhere. God's Word can keep you from anything. It can keep you in anything. It can keep you through anything. The Word of God that is in you can save you from whatever environment you may be living in. You cannot put in in, in circumstances, you cannot be put in circumstances that will put you beyond the power of His grace. And that is so amazing to me. Amen. I don't care where you are. It cannot be dark enough. It cannot be black enough. It cannot be evil enough to cut off the grace of God from getting to where you are. Amen. We need to be Christians in spite of our surroundings. I don't care what the rest of the world's doing. I don't care what other churches are doing to compromise and water down and do whatever they say they're doing. I, I, I've been so nauseated at some of the things I've heard some of these religious, so-called religious leaders. I'm talking about powerfully influential men. Their, 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 their ideas are evolving about certain issues and circumstances. I get so nauseated sometimes I just want to puke. Uh, That's that's southern language for throw up. But anyway, that's what I feel like doing. It's what it makes me want to do. Why? Because we're allowing our circumstances and our surroundings to determine who we are. And the saints that were in Caesar's household said, you know what? I don't care what Caesar does. Caesar is not going to determine what I do. Some of us need to settle that right now. I don't care what they make available on the airway. You know, when I grew up, pornography was behind the counter. It was covered up. Now it's everywhere. You can get it on the Internet 24 hours a day. You don't even have to leave your house. The environment that surrounds us has said, well, when you're in Rome, you just have to do as the Romans do. What goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, I got news for you. If you're in Vegas or Rome or New York City or Houston, Texas, you better learn how to live by your Christian values and by what matters from the Word of God, not from the newspaper, not from the political pundits. You better find out what this Word says and live according to this Word. And if this Word says it's wrong, I don't care who says it's right. It can be the most powerful preacher in the world. But if he says it's right and this says it's wrong, I choose to stand on this and not on what he has to say. Amen. Somebody say, I need to be a Christian in spite of my surroundings. Amen. Our young people are getting ready to go back to school. And I tell you what, I, I, I pray for our young people and our children every day. God, put a fence around them. Put a hedge about them. Let their minds be so convinced of, of their relationship with you that nothing can rock them from that. Because as much as we want to think we're a Christian nation, we are not a Christian nation. We may have a lot of Christians in this nation, but our educational system as a whole has nothing to do with Christianity anymore. It doesn't want it mentioned. It's taken prayer out of the school, and they've gotten to where you can't even bring a Bible in. I'm here to tell you that no matter what our surroundings might be, we've got to make up in our mind, God, I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to 
represent you to this world. Somebody needs to know that it can be done. Amen. This text does away with the excuse that one cannot live for God because of what they have to live with. Can I say that again? This text does away with the excuse that one cannot live for God because of what they have to live with. You need to stop blaming your spouse, your kids, your job, your car, your house, your finances, your problems. You can live for God no matter what those are. If you've got a heart hold, because a heart hold will trump a household. Mm, mm, mm. I'm going to get real personal. You can be married to the devil and still live for God. That's what this scripture tells me. You can work for the devil and still live for God. You can live next door to the devil. I read the other day, some people, a couple up in Farmer's Branch up by Dallas put their house up for sale and put this vulgar message on the for sale sign because they were in dispute with their neighbor over barking dogs. Say, I can't live around here. You know what? I've had to live in some places I didn't want to be, but you can still serve God. And I'm going to tell you one of the hardest places to serve God in this Houston metro area is on the freeway. It is amazing how quickly tongues can be lost in a moment of time. I got a text from a preacher the other day. Evidently, he was, he was voice texting me. And the first part of it made sense, but the last part of it was, shut up and get over, you stupid idiot. And then he had to text me back and say, oh, please forgive me. That's, uh, and then he, he come up with some lame excuse. Tell you what. But folks, I don't care where we are. I don't care what you have to live through or live in or live around or live in. What is in you is greater than what is against you. And you have got to make up in your mind that as long as I have a heart hold, it doesn't matter what the household is. Amen. We need to stop blaming our spiritual failure on our outward circumstances. Caesar's household was the last place on earth where one would have expected to find a saint. But you know what my Bible says? There was more than one there. You know, you feel like you're the Lone Ranger? Read your Bible. Saints, that's plural. That means there's more than one. You're not the only person trying to serve God and do right. 
So quit whining and crying and get up and look around and realize there's others around here that are going through the same thing I am. Let's help one another. Come on. Caesar's household, it doesn't matter what household, we're going to serve God under any circumstance. It could not be favorable to conversion and Christianity. And yet right in the midst of it all, there was a church that had been birthed. I believe we need to achieve a spiritual victory in this hour in the midst of the most hostile environment. And I want to add an addendum to that. I don't even think we have begun to see how hostile the environment is going to be for real Christians. We've heard it preached a lot through my lifetime that there would be persecution in the end time. And we wondered how that could be because we live in such a favorable hour. We look around the world and we see Christianity that is under attack there. But in our country, who had ever dreamed that it would become such an oddity to really be a Bible-believing, Bible-loving Christian? And yet we're coming to that place. And I don't believe that it has gotten as bad as it's going to get. Whatever happens... I've got to live for God wherever I am with whatever I've got to live around, whatever I've got to live through with whoever you have to deal with or put up with, a saint in Caesar's household. You can live for God anywhere. Say that with me. I can live for God anywhere. You can live for God at Clearbrook or Clear Springs or Babbling Brook. You can live for God at Marathon or or, or Pennzoil. That's an old one. That's really excellent. I don't care. You can live for God at the best banking institution or the worst Hell hole in this place. But wherever you work or whatever environment you find yourself in, it is your responsibility to bring a light into that darkness that can give hope for somebody that this is not as good as it gets. Somewhere in this world, there's got to be a light that shines that gives hope to somebody that's lost and dying, and on their way to a darkened hell. Jesus said that he would build his church, and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Amen. They will not overpower it. They will not overpower it. We need to focus not on outward pressures, but on inward resources. Who can lay any charge to God's elect? And what can separate us from the love of God? Can tribulation or famine or the sword or pestilence or adversity or trials or burdens or pressures or problems or perplexities, none of these things can separate me from the love of God. You know what you need to do? You need to decide today that however evil this world gets, I choose to be a Christian. Amen. I choose to take a stand. I 
If I'm the only light, I'm going to let my little light shine. Amen. Let's stand together. The truth is we're not alone. There are a lot of other folks around us. What you need to do is allay yourself with those who are in the same environment that you are and surviving. Amen. That's why you need to come to church. That's why you need to associate with good, godly people. It's a great atmosphere. I, I thought about it earlier. I thought, oh, God, I hope that in this worship time we're really giving ourselves to worship. Because I'm afraid that all too many times people come to church and they never involve themselves in worship. And then they wonder why they never get anything out of service. It was a dead service. It was a bad sermon. It was this or that. We go home griping or complaining about it. It was too cold, too loud, too something. The truth is, if we would have just given ourselves to worship, we would have put ourselves in a position where God could really speak to us and do something in our life. I don't know what you're having to live through right now. I don't know what you're having to go through. I, I just know I feel a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. And I know it's not just me. I know I feel the pressure of this church family, the obstacles, the adversities, the pressures, the problems, the perplexities, the, the, the misunderstandings, the hurt feelings, so many things that can come along the road of life that can get us sidetracked. I really need to say this today, but there are people that are on the sideline right now that need to get back in the game. You know, one thing that my coach never would let his players do when I was in school, he never would let us check ourselves out of the game. Now, I know we live in a different environment now. All these high-paid athletes, if they get mad, they don't want to play, they check themselves out of the game. But my coach, he said, no, you're not going to decide when to come out. I'll decide when you come out. Because there were times that I just felt like, you know what, I can't do anymore. And I was ready to quit. And he made me stay in just a little bit longer. And I found out by staying in a little longer, I won a victory. I overcame something. I defeated something. And there's folks in this building today that have checked yourself out. You're sitting on the sidelines. You're not lost. You don't intend to go away from God, but you're not where you need to be involved in God's work. And you need to get off the sideline. And you say, well, Brother Hughes, I'm just dealing with so much. So is everybody else. I don't know of one family that's not dealing with some kind of household issue. But it doesn't matter what the household is when you've got a good heart hold. When you get hold of Him, He can anchor you no matter where you are. Whatever job you have to work, whoever you have to be around, you can still serve God. You can still pray and worship God. Amen. Reach over and take somebody by the hand. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Hallelujah. God, help us, to, help us today. Help us today.